backward to the ground, forming a ramp, and then slid the bag down. Kneeling beside it, he tugged open the zipper, a long C-shaped zipper edging the top, one side, and the bottom of the rectangular bag, and then folded back the flap. Inside was a fresh corpse, a white male whose abundant wrinkles and sparse white hair seemed to suggest that he'd lived out his allotted threescore years and ten, maybe more. The face appeared peaceful. The old man might almost have been napping, except for the unblinking eyes and the blowfly that landed and walked unnoticed across one of the corneas. From the back of the truck, Brockton retrieved two thin dog tags, each stamped with the number 4912, to signify that the corpse was the 49th body donated to the research facility in the year 2012. With a pair of black zip ties, he fastened one tag to the corpse's left arm and the other to the left ankle, a seemingly insignificant act, yet one that conferred a whole new identity on the man. In his new life, his life as a corpse, a research subject and a skeletal specimen, the man would have a new identity. His new name, his only name, would be 4912. Upriver, the bells of a downtown church began to toll noon as Brockton lay 4912's hands across his chest. The anthropologist looked up, listening, then smiled slightly. Peering into the vacant eyes of the corpse, he plucked a line of poetry from some dusty corner of memory. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls, he advised 4912. It tolls for thee. At that moment, the cell phone on Brockton's belt chimed. And for me, he added. A Bell Jet Ranger helicopter skimmed low across a wooded ridge and dropped toward a river junction, the confluence where the Holston and the French Broad joined to form the emerald green headwaters of the Tennessee. Beneath the right-hand skid of the chopper, a rusting railroad trestle spanned the narrow mouth of the French Broad. Just ahead, at Downtown Island Airport, a small runway paralleled the first straightaway of the Tennessee, and a single-engine plane idled at the threshold, preparing for takeoff. The helicopter pilot keyed his radio. Downtown Island traffic, Jet Ranger 3 Whiskey Tango is crossing the field westbound at 1,000, landing at the body farm. 3 Whiskey Tango, this is Downtown Island. Did you say landing at the body farm over? Roger that. Three Whiskey Tango, are you aware that the Body Farm is a restricted facility? Downtown Island, we're a Tennessee Bureau of Investigation aircraft. I reckon they won't mind. Two miles west of the airstrip, the modest skyline of downtown Knoxville sprawled above the right-hand riverbank. The skyline was defined by two 25-story office towers built by a pair of brothers who began as bankers and ended as swindlers. A wedge-shaped pyramid of a hotel, Marriott by way of Mayan, a thirty-foot orange basketball forever swishing through the forty-foot hoop atop the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, and a seventy-five-foot globe of golden glass balanced on a two-hundred-foot steel tower like a golf ball on a tee. The Sun Sphere, a relic of a provincial World's Fair orchestrated by the swindling Banker Brothers in 1982. The epicenter of Knoxville, though, its beating heart, if not its financial or architectural nucleus, lay another mile downriver. 
the massive oval of Needland Stadium, home enshrined to the University of Tennessee Volunteers. During home games against the Florida Gators or the Alabama Crimson Tide, the stadium roared and rattled with the fervor of a 102,000 rabid fans. Beneath the stadium, in a grimy building wedged under the stands, was the university's anthropology department, home to 20 professors, 100 graduate students, and thousands of human skeletons. A mile beyond the stadium, the TBI helicopter crossed to the river's hilly, wooded left bank. Easing below the treetops, it touched down just outside the fence of the body farm. Brockton emerged from the research facility's entrance, fighting the blast of the rotor wash. He wrestled the wooden gate into place and locked it, followed by the outer fence. Then he ducked under the spinning blades and clambered into the cockpit. As he swung the door shut, the turret...